See the child. He is pale and thin. He wears a thin and ragged linen shirt. He stokes the scullery fire. Outside lie the dark turned fields with rags of snow and darker woods beyond that harbor of yet a few last wolves. His folk are known for hewers of wood and drawers of water, but in truth, his father has been a schoolmaster. He lies in drink. He quotes from poets whose names are now lost. The boy crouches by the fire and watches him. Night of your birth, 33. The Leonids, they were called. God, how the stars did fall. I looked for blackness, holes in the heavens, the dipper stove. The mother dead these 14 years did incubate in her own bosom the creature who would carry her off. The father never speaks her name. The child does not know it. He has a sister in this world that he will not see again. He watches, pale and unwashed. He can neither read nor write, and in him broods already a taste for mindless violence. All history present in that visage. The child, the father of 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 the To the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, Glen Rock, me crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me. So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Do you love to see it? Rockin'. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Welcome back to the Game of Fiction Lab This is volume, I want to say 28, I think, yes, yeah, 28 um, 28, I don't really have a cool thing for that number Marshall Falk, I don't know uh, There's a lot of, uh, there's not a lot going on there We made it past 27, which most famous rock stars don't So, uh shout out to us the haters said we wouldn't get to number 10 um and well i got i got news for the haters you can walk across a fucked up ass desert try to find us and i'm waiting inside the jakes no pants on (laughs) it's going down haters um so uh we're talking about Cormac McCarthy's 1985 masterpiece, uh, Blood Meridian, today, uh, a book that I knew that I would love. Uh, didn't know that I would uh, that it would change my genetic code, though many warned me that it would. So, um, but it's there. But of course, um, you guys might remember this team from last time uh, because we covered another Cormac McCarthy novel, uh, No Country for Old Men, and uh, it's J. David Osborne who just got back from a from from. WAP wet ass pussy convention was that what yeah you're... I got back yeah. from the wet ass oh, pussy okay. convention and nice. boy are my arms tired nice is that dude. how you do that one no, yeah. no. AWP <laughs> right is that a yes that's what yeah what, that's AWP what yeah it's the big writing convention that's held every year in a different city every year this time it was Kansas City um a very excitable city at that time <laughs> I'll say uh, yeah. well not now said, though pretty went yeah. pretty bad yeah, yeah. As soon as well, you left, as soon as you they, left, they turned up for sure. Um, <laughs> but no, everybody said, "Bro, you got to get the barbecue in Kansas City. You got to get the bu-. mid, yeah, mid it doesn't barbecue." Look good. 
Carolina. I feel like Carolina is a sleeper barbecue town. Like when you go to Carolina, mm-hmm. the mustard based sauces, I feel like that's, um, but you know, to be honest, those pictures I see where everyone's wearing those black gloves, just touching brisket. I'm always like, can you get, it all looks the same to me. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. that much. Um, th- now you guys sold, do I have this correct? 300 copies of, of 334 Broken? copies. Yeah. God, I sold out of my book. Kelby sold out of his book. Uh, yeah. my wife sold out. Well, she brought a shitload. She had about three books left when mm. we were done. And then our buddy, uh, Eddie Rathke, E. Rathke, he just brought so many that, I mean, I think he sold 90 on his own, but he had a bunch to bring back because he brought he brought stock. But yeah, it was, um, AWP is known for being a place where MFA students uh, go to try to recruit for MFA programs. <clears throat> it used to be much more open to the public, but they decided to start charging, you know, non-convention goers $25 just to mm. go to the book fair, which I don't know many people who are going to pay 25 bucks to then go buy things. To go buy books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the traffic was, was down. I would say it was probably 10,000 people, but we called everybody into the table, you know, everybody who passed every demographic, we asked them, do you like weird books? And then we had them hooked and it was a whirlwind dude. I mean, we were at the convention selling and then, we went back to our hotels and slept. And Kelby, by the way, picked the the crack ass hotel of all time. No, just like, not Kelby. Yeah. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't pick. Not five star Kelly Kelby. Yeah, I started no. talking shit about the hotel, and then Rios and I went and got our own hotel, and it was somehow worse. There was a little orange needle cap on the floor when we got there, mm. and you walk down this long hall, and you could just hear people screaming from inside their rooms, like Jacob's Ladder style. So I actually picked the worst hotel, but overall, yeah, no, it was great. And it was really great to see that people genuinely want our, our books. They just kind of have to know that they exist. Yeah. Just, uh, just having a demand, you know, and you're just creating a demand for, for your supply is like, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, it's, uh, now I, I do picture you in the weird crackhead hotel going like, Hey, to the fentanyl guy, like dri- dripping, you know, whatever coming out of his mouth and just going, do you like weird books? Do you like weird books? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, dude, I like, I like getting really high. I'm like, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be in a weird book, but yeah, you're not. Yeah. yeah. This is going to, this is all getting drawn down. Now um, you might've heard him recently on rare candy um you've heard him a lot you've seen his work a lot in fact you're gonna hear his music in this episode i mean you hear his music in every episode but like this he made a special blood meridian banger along with our good friend banjer jack which david will remember from the state of fear episode made a really cool desolate sounding uh guitar thing for me to read over so uh both of them did that but it's big mac mccarthy the the host of the podcast nice along with monte carlo montgomery carlo i call him monte you call him monte uh but montgomery carlo um what's up with you dude uh not a whole lot i've uh i feel like coming onto a podcast to talk about blood meridian was set in stone long before i was ever born so i'm happy to finally claim my birthright here yeah for sure no it's uh this is your birthright trip i mean if you're not jewish this is as close as it gets um you get to talk about blood meridian is birthright for for white guys birthright for real white guys yeah. the wailing wall <laughs> go and cry at the wailing wall yeah <laughs> yeah you go and cry in the fucking chihuahua jail cell yeah yeah um yeah so you know look we got to get into this right now the uh 
I had only read um, my first Cormac McCarthy was No Country for Old Men. I knew that that wasn't like Cormac McCarthy, though. I knew that that was a screenplay. That was Cormac trying to hit a grand slam. Coen Brothers, he says, and it was. It's great. The movie's great and everything. But uh, I had always known that this was his, you know, this was his book. This was his his masterpiece. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about it, like Harold Bloom's on the back. Uh, I looked up what Harold, Harold Bloom says on the back of it. Uh, Blood Meridian, it seems to, seems to me clearly major aesthetic achievement in any American living writer. But then he also was just like, I had to put it down three times and uh, the violence, ah, like that, and colonialism. Um, so it's it was that kind of book. It always resurfaces, but I think now um, it's really at its height of popularity. I think uh, in terms of people talking about it, because the average TV show has Blood Meridian violence in it. So it's like like I was watching Reacher, uh, the new Jack Reacher show um, on Prime. Very good, very entertaining, and uh, it's like it seems like just an espionage like boomer show, but. All of a sudden, a guy just gets his eyeball yanked out of his head with like blood squirting out, and then a guy steps on his Achilles and just like cranks it, like it's like the Mortal Kombat bone snapping. And I'm like, oh, this is like what like my parents and like you know their parents would watch and stuff. And so like Blood Meridian's not as tough of a sell anymore. Um, that being said, pretty bleak, pretty dark, pretty violent, pretty heckin' colonialist. Yeah. Um, they uh, a lot of stuff like that. Cormac McCarthy wrote it when he was like what fifty two years old, um, or at least it was published when it was fifty two. It's never too late. When you're a writer, the the worst thing you can do is kill yourself because by the time you get to like fifty, you could have had that novel. It's the pickaxe meme with the gems around mm -hmm. the corner. Mm -hmm. Just don't kill yourself if you're a writer. Just don't because you got your not your best novels around the corner. Um, and he was like living a Blood Meridian style life. He would live in these like no running water ass like behind thrift shops in like a weird you know trailer hybrid trailer thing um women didn't take that to that uh i don't know it's kind of kind of hater shit by them but yeah <laughs> they like showers and things like that um and it did not sell now I, i'm david i want to hear the, your thoughts on this it did not sell right away its initial fifteen thousand copies did not sell they're just like sat there for a long time i get it i get why this book didn't sell yeah. right away what do you yeah think? it's really hard to get into if you're looking for a commercial fiction novel it doesn't follow any of the uh kind of take Crichton for example yeah. right all all books that rip like that have a uh, stimulus and response constantly mm -hmm. right and it usually has some form of direction and if Blood Meridian is anything, it's a kind of directionless, aimless novel. There's a lot of wandering that goes on. And so I could see people getting to chapter, I mean, even after they joined the Glanton gang, yeah. it's still not really, there's no overall goal for them because it's an endless scalp hunting exercise. So I could see a lot of people putting it down and... Um, well, I mean, Blood Meridian, a lot of people wouldn't know what that means. I'm not sure I, I know what that, like a blood border? Is that, I mean, but uh, there's not much commercially going on with this book. Mm, yeah, that's true. And I, I think there's there's uh, um, an element to it where, like, there's not division 
within things like you take a Crichton book that's meant to sell James Patterson, anything you're going to get description of scenery, a little divider thing, action. You're going to hear characters going, he snuffed and snorted and made a loud noise and did this. And like that, that separates the action from the description of scenery. Cormac McCarthy's food's all touching. It's all touching mm -hmm. on the plate. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. You're going to get, in fact, I'd even argue some of the violence is, is less descriptive than like a dandelion or something, or like a, like a the little reed or something uh, that's going to get the most attention in this. Um, and that's for good reason. Now this book to me reads like a, just, it's extremely biblical. I'm not the first person to say that it's quite off right off the bat. It hits you. Okay. This is a novel. I'm reading a novel, but like, you can't tell what year this is written. When you read mm -hmm. this, you don't, the 85s would be like my, one of my probably guess number 27 yeah. that, that I'd get to. Like I could have guessed 72 in the sixties. I could have uh, just the, 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 the words that he's using. Um, and there's untranslated Spanish in it, mm -hmm. uh, which he had to learn so he could actually read some, cause this is a historical fiction novel in a sense. Um, he, so he could read some of the uh, books from Mexico on like the Mexican American war and the, you know, the West as we know it now, he would, he would actually read those books. Um, so, uh, but I'd like to know, uh, B Big Mac, when did you first pick this up? When you first read um, this? I picked it up. I think it would have been in first part of 2022, I believe. Cause I, I took a lot of years off from reading because I, uh, I don't know. I was doing other stuff. I forgot how. So 2022 was like my new year's resolution. I'm going to get back into reading and yeah. The second week of the year, I picked up Blood Meridian and wow. just uh, kind of got my ass beat for for two weeks, um, but was really taken aback. I mean, it was a tough one to jump right back into. It's definitely like a an abrasive read, but I really found that you know struggling with it to a certain degree. I don't know. It felt like um, felt like that was part of the whole thing. You know, like uh, uh, they talk about like Ludo narrative in video games, where like the Bloodborne games them being or the dark souls games them being so difficult it like is part and parcel of the way that they're supposed to be played because of what the story is okay. i found the same thing happened with blood meridian where you know for 200 pages they're just crawling through the desert and you know hacking off scalps and stuff and i felt like i was grinding through the desert for you know 200 pages also so it really added to the experience for me to be a little retarded oh yeah yeah. David, when did you first pick it up? You've, you've probably read it before any of us, I would imagine. Yeah, I did. I uh, picked it up when I was 18 because mm. I was, dude, I was a total literary snob back then. So I was reading everything. I was reading Moby Dick. Um, a big event for me around that time was the release of Roberto Bolaño's 2666. Mm -hmm. And I was hyped for that, like, endgame, you know? Um, so Blood Meridian slotted right in with my reading catalog. And I <clears throat> I loved it when I read it uh, back then. I thought this is the bleakest, most language-based shit that I could possibly be reading at the time. So it was perfectly up my alley. And what's really interesting is that another 18 years later, I feel like I liked it. Liked it being the key word, not respected or appreciated, but liked the experience a little bit less, which might just be like getting older. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, this is rough. Whereas back then, maybe I had more energy. Maybe yeah. I was uh, maybe this was all sort of uh, new to me. But 
you know, the point that Blood Meridian is making about this sort of en endless cycle of war and debauchery and the, ev the evil that's in the hearts of men, I think was really hitting for me back then. And now I'm like, I got Twitter. I, I, li I lived Blood Meridian every day, just watching people <laughs> yeah. take scalps online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, it's it, the book is about the 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 book is about no matter what you believe in, evil is always present. Whether you choose yeah. to keep it positive, whether you choose to uh, whether you choose to ignore all evil, it it doesn't matter. It's it's there now. People will take this as the book is about nothing. It's actually it's actually about nothing. It's like Seinfeld. It's about, it's about nothing actually. It's uh it's just a uh kind of a whirlwind of people crawling around deserts and and uh Cormac McCarthy writing about all his sick violence and guns and all that stuff and and men just like it because men just want to read about violence. Now part of that is is true. Um it is a man's book. I I can't picture a woman picking this book up and just being like that was tight ever. <laughs> Women are incapable of there being nothing. Like yeah. Yeah. You yeah, ever like hang out that. with a woman and then be like, what do you want to do? I just want to chill. And they're like, going to chill. You just huh? want to do nothing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, it's just incapable. Yeah. They're incapable. It's, it's they fine. They want you to do something and they also want you to come up with the thing that you're doing. Exactly. Do. Yeah. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's an interactive kind of like herding like kind of thing going on there. And, um, and it's, and we love them for it, of course. But the, the, yeah. the, this book, um, it is, in a sense nihilist if you're if you don't believe in anything like you have to be the person that doesn't believe in anything for this book to be a nihilist book now for me somebody who was raised catholic somebody who was raised with a lot of guilt i saw it right off the bat that this was like this is how every catholic views evil i mean now there's always a story of salvation in the end when you read the bible and stuff but if you read the bible it's bleak as hell book of job revelations things like that there's stuff like that is, is completely like I, obviously it's not as you know visceral and like gross as as blood meridian but like it could have been i mean like some of the events if you were to like have witnessed them could have been and um what what mccarthy's doing in here is he is every time you know, I think a lot of people want this book to end with the kid killing the judge for that for the book to mean something right is evil has been slayed. That book stinks. If that happens, I'm just going to tell yeah. everybody right now it sucks because yeah. it's just, this is not going to happen. And then and then what? Right. Evil's gone. Mm -hmm. No, it's here. You go outside your house. You see it every single day. You see people <laughs> acting that way. And it's actually like a socio super sociological book, because like, you know, the, the judge says like you know if man is without war it's no they're no different than like a stone you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's just you cannot identify them from like a stone or whatever and are we going to be here saying the judge is right about everything no but we are like creatures that crave contact war man on fucking you know just fuck you get out of my yeah, way man on man like, stuff i feel man you. on yeah, man stuff. Sure. we crave <laughs> yeah. it the human body yeah. craves contact and male uh grappling and things like that and and mm -hmm. uh naked seven foot tall pale guys and stuff like we mm -hmm. crave that stuff um and uh but yeah i just wanted to say before that i Cy, i want what did you think reading this book before we get into it because um can't imagine i'd be surprised if you if you actually like loved the book oh really oh i i did love it yeah mm. I, I fuck with it hard uh yeah i i thought well, it was interesting because I read the first half of this a couple years ago 
um, I met this this friend that we we or friend of a friend. He ended up giving me a bunch of books because he, he was moving away. Ironically, a lot of them ended up being on the gain of fiction list just magically, you know, before we'd even created that that program before you mm-hmm. created it. And uh, right. one of them was Blood Meridian. So I I worked through about half of it. Then I just started reading some other stuff. And then this came about and read it from start to finish again. And I do love the first half of that book a lot. It is really great. And then I love how the, just the style and the dialogue kind of evolve in some subtle ways, you know, towards the end. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it just becomes like a little more long form, a little more a uh, little more intriguing. And uh, yeah, I, I I mean, it's like a dude's rock book for sure. And yeah, and I, I agree with your your Catholic take for sure that it's that it's a you know, I, I, I didn't get that whole that night. It kind of reminded me of like a big Lebowski <laughs> thing where like nihilism is defeated almost in a way, you know, you know, it's always going to be there tempting you and stuff well but it's yeah it, you know it's you, by the end of it you kind of kind of it's kind of like a mrna vaccine against that shit or something you know i don't know yeah, but, it works, but it actually works now. yeah uh yeah i don't know does that any of that make sense i uh, no i agree because i i will say this like i love a little bit of nihilism nihilism is a comfort zone for me because when i think stuff has too much meaning i trip out and i'm like mm-hmm. you know i trip out over every little action that i do and stuff so i like when there's a little taste of it but again i don't even think I truly don't think you can write 350 pages and have it mean nothing. There's that the the simple act of doing that yeah. means you care about something or try and, like yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I think that it would be a nihilist book if about two thirds of the way through, when they start to kind of take over the fairy town, right, yeah. and they start to control that fairy, if that had just been the ending, because. Yeah. Like when I yeah. first read it, that was what I thought the book was doing, that it was showing these incredibly brutal people with necklaces made out of human teeth and ears, uh, how they s- established the America that we know. You see what I mean? Like uh-huh. they settled down, they took over this fairy town, they raped and murdered everybody. And then they just became like, you know, the mayor of fairy town. And oh, yeah. isn't this is this is our this is our blood legacy. So I do think that if the book didn't end as bleakly as it did, ironically, it that would have made yeah. it more nihilistic. But the fact that these people are punished and uh, kind of fed into the wood chipper of the judge's seven foot tall uh, pederasty actually makes it a book with a message. The fairy oh. part is insane too. I love it's that. Yeah, it's fucking wild, dude. That night they rode through a region electric and wild, where the strange shapes of soft blue fire ran over the metal of the horse's trappings and the wagon wheels rolled in hoops of fire and little shapes of pale blue light came to perch in the ears of the horses and in the beards of the men. All night sheet lightning quaked sourcelessness to the west beyond the midnight thunderheads, making a bluish day of the distant desert. The mountains on the sudden skyline, stark and black and livid, like a land of some other order out there whose true geology was not stone but fear. The thunder moved up from the southwest and lightning lit the desert all about them, blue and barren. Great clanging reaches ordered out of the absolute night like some demon kingdom summoned up or changeling land that come the day would leave them 
neither trace nor smoke nor ruin more than any troubling dream. Troubling dream. Troubling dream. Troubling dream. Well, let, let now let's let's uh, let's let's uh, start back from it the up beginning a bit. here. Yeah, yeah let's back it up because I definitely man, boy, there are there takes on this. Now, uh, I listened to two great programs about this and one YouTube video from this guy named like Wendigoon or something. He's got like mm-hmm. fucking like that's tight. Got, that's a tight username. He's got a lot of fucking views, man. I, and and look, he was he was cool. Like he. I didn't get to his analysis. It's a five-hour Blood Meridian video. I think I think Big Mac watched it too. Uh, I did watch that entire thing instead of rereading the book. Yes, I honestly, honestly, if you've read it once, like that, it does. I mean, yeah, you don't get the like fun parts of like McCarthy's mm-hmm. like verbiage and stuff, but like you will remember everything that happens in the book when you watch that video. He was it, it was was good. I didn't get to his analysis portion yet. I just kind of watched him go through the plot points. I didn't get to his analysis points. Um, I don't know that he's going to view the book in the same way that that I'm going to view it. Uh, I don't think so. I didn't I didn't care much for what he took away from it. It definitely wasn't the same as what I took away from it. And we can talk yeah. about it a little later. We probably don't want to start at the end again. But right, right, exactly. So, um, but there are a couple other programs. Uh, of course, you know, friend of the program, uh, Brad Kelly, and uh, uh, his podcast, Art of Darkness is uh they did a book club meeting with aaron gwynn aaron gwynn is like his like life's work is blood meridian and like teaching it in college and stuff uh he does a really nice job at it he has a substack like devoted to blood meridian oh and yeah like annotate he like annotates everything like and Mm -hmm. stuff and um but even he still like learns things about the book like in the book club it's really cool like there'd be a guy to bring up some like gnostic parts of it and he was like damn like you're you're on to something there like i think there's something there that's what's so that's why this book is like the most well that okay because i caught what you just said exactly because i i caught some certain references in that book and i'm no literary i i have read probably less than all you guys for absolutely i i know it and but i caught some references in there that i'm like i'm probably one of maybe 10 percent of people that caught that reference so there's probably tons of shit that i am not getting reading this book and i want to reread it and understand yeah what they're saying i'm trying to think um uh there was a couple things oh i like the part the procrustrate the during the fairy town part not to hark back to that but the crook where they're charging people different amounts you know and he's mm-hmm. he's referencing like greek mythology and shit and i'm like damn this is great it's like mccarthy is an endless well of like what is this right dude? what kind of research is this guy doing for these books you know well if and, you ask him it's nothing yeah. You exactly. Know, you ask him, yeah. it's, ah, nothing. You know, yeah. and, and just blow me. I'm just wolves. 52 years old, and I live in a shack in El Paso, and yeah. I don't do anything oh, else. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I again, and what, and I, I do want to get to that aspect of it too. His his kind of deflecting of of all that. But yeah, Aaron Gwynn uh, was on the Art of Darkness book bookend book club, and they did a very good episode on it um, uh, there. And then also our you know mutual friend uh, uh, Matt Cini, uh getting lit they did a really good episode with matt fresta another guy who's been on game fiction uh um, a lot of incest between the podcasts i love it uh hey, um yeah that's it cool, works. Man. yeah all that stuff yeah they're our stepbrothers yeah but the uh <laughs> anyways stepbrother um, of- reads blood meridian yeah, you wouldn't believe what happens next. Stepsister caught in the caught in the dryer. Yeah, caught in the dryer on page two hundred and forty-six of Blood Meridian. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but uh, you know they they're both brought up. I mean, they're both very different programs, and I think all of them are correct. And that's why I think this book 
in a good way. And now this is a word that gets on this podcast is viewed as typically bad, but this is the most Reddit book of all time because you can create entire subreddits where people just talk to each other about it. And like, yeah. everyone's kind of right in, to an extent, you know, there's people that are, eh, you know, maybe a little, okay. I don't know if you got that correct, but there's so many people who go, damn dude, I didn't notice that. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I, I do like that this opens so many channels for like men to just like talk about what they saw in this book. Now it starts with the kid, right? We never learned the kid's name. His name is the kid. Um, eventually becomes the man or whatever, like later, but he, uh, is, is the kid. And the first page is just see the kid. He's, uh, sees his dad and doesn't know his mom. All right, dad, I'm out. See you later. All right. And he just leaves. I love the, I love that's my favorite type of beginning to a book. I don't want to know the history of where he's from. I don't need to know any of that. I just, where's he going? All right. See like you later. Ash leaving Pallet Town and Pokemon. He's just, so very true. <laughs> very, man, very as, true. As a dad, oh man, that would be so tight. If at 13, yeah. my kid was just like, peace, dad. I'd be yeah. like, see you, man. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> You're the dad <laughs> quoting poets who are dead and, uh, and never taught the son how to read. He's like, all right. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think but he had a taste. The kid had a taste for violence, right? And it, this, the, to me, this sets the scene for the town and the the region. I and mean, now he's in what Tennessee at the beginning, which is uh, uh, so. And he needs to move west. Now, when you move west, typically, and I'd even say to this day, you move out here to reinvent yourself, to mm-hmm. invent something. Uh, I I tend to believe that California breeds inspiration, innovation. I mean, it's it's clear as day that that's what happens. Um, not for all good things also bad things uh but you know right now we're gonna i think blood meridian is just a peek under the hood of how innovation happens and even the people that will never experience the riches of that the shit that they did and um the vibes that they cultivated that may perhaps haunt people forever uh on the current landscapes uh of these with the invention of barbed wire um that would rope off uh the west from the rest of the world now um I I kind of like to go to uh to I think it's I think it's still in chapter one when he first meets Toad Vine. I think that's a really like uh uh powerful kind of tone setter of of it. Uh it's it's Toad Vine and the kid, they're in this like muddy ass town, right? It's walking and uh he they're on these planks and if you go to either side of the plank, you'll just like sink into deep mud. And they're both going one's coming from the bathroom, one's coming and believe toad vines like you better get out of my way and the kid's just like no nah, i'm not moving dude and they get into like a fucking huge fight both get all bloodied and fucked up but then they become friends mm-hmm. um and like you know when you david you have you have a son it's like when kids learn <laughs> like one of the biggest things you got to teach a kid is like you don't fucking hit people to like get mm-hmm. what you want or like cuss at people because like that shit never leaves but mccarthy in this book clearly re- reiterates that like no actually like that's how you get everything in this book like anything that you need it's gonna come at the demise of someone else or or uh or or this but actually he gained a friendship because toad vine was like all right i respect the vision yeah yeah, i I see you i see you bro (laughs) you want to go burn down this hotel yeah you just listened to a preview of one of our premium episodes and to get access to the full thing, you got to be a paid subscriber to the Rare Candy Substack. That's rarecandy.substack.com. 
it's only $5 a month or $55 for the whole year. You get one month free if you do the whole year. You get access to premium Rare Candy episodes, my podcast, The Glenn Word, and whatever the hell else we want to charge people for. Uh, Again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. Thanks again.